welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. And now here are your hosts, Eric Calvino, Ivan Ocampo, and Jim Rodriguez. And the good times continue from the Magic City. The Cigar Snob Podcast rolls on with my guys, Ivan Ocampo. What's up, Jim? Eric Calvino. What is happening? Nothing but good times. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good, man. Got I'll- my uh, cigar fired up. Feeling good. It's going to be another fantastic edition of the podcast. We've got our perfect pairing system. Yeah, we got our perfect pairing. Don't get nervous. (laughs) Don't get nervous. We got our perfect pairing segment. We're going to do a little rum today. Yes, sir. An excellent smoky treat in our hands, which we'll get into. Our X's and O's segment. How far should you smoke your cigar? Oh, that's a good one. Hey, Ryman over here. That has been how far. Should you smoke your cigar? Look at this guy. You know, I well, he gets paid the big bucks. Yep. Yeah, is that what it is? That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, can I have cash this time? Because I may be in a new tax bracket because of this. <laughs> and we're going to sit down with our good buddy, Casey Hogan, from Crux, which is what we are smoking right now. So good times are ahead. Hang in there with us. Jasper, what you got? If you're like me and look forward to cozying up to a warm fireplace after a long day on the range, kicking off your boots and settling into a nice big bowl of chili con queso, then you'd love the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua. This Dominican-made Nicaraguan puro is a bold new blend with tons of flavor made with the same craftsmanship that has made La Aurora cigars one of the oldest and premium cigar makers in all the world. Started in the Dominican Republic in 1903, La Aurora Cigars was founded by the young Eduardo Leon Jimenez, who set out to fulfill his dream of making great cigars. Today, over a century later, La Aurora has a presence in five continents and more than a thousand employees. The original La Aurora 107 was released in 2010, commemorating the company's 107 years in business. Now the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua brings a bolder new profile to smokers who have become accustomed to smoking the consistent quality and excellence of La Aurora cigars. The 107 Nicaragua comes to life with a diverse array of spicy notes accompanied by a subtle touch of leather. A rich balance of earth, wood, and floral notes flourishes deeper into the smoke with a characteristic pinch of licorice and walnut on the finish. Made in four sizes, a 7x47 Churchill, 6x58 Grand Toro, 5.5x54 Toro, and a 5x50 Robusto, the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua is a perfect complement to any rum cocktail, steak dinner, or even my famous chili con queso. Go on out and get yourself one, and tell them Jasper sent you. All right, Jasper. All right, so let's talk about what we have in our warm little hands, this smoky treat is exciting. Caballeros que fuman. So we are smoking the Crux Epicure Madero. It is a 5x50 Robusto made in Nicaragua at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Uh, it's got a San Andres wrapper. It is a beautiful Mexican San Andres wrapper. Uh, I don't know what you guys, how it looks to you guys, but I mine is like pristine. Uh and it's got a Nicaraguan filler and binder. The cigar uh, retails for ten bucks, and I would say probably on the 
medium strength side? Medium plus for me. Yeah? You yeah. feel a medium plus? I think so. I think it's got some yeah. some power, but but it's not not it's not. F- yeah, yeah. I, I I like the I like the strength level. It's it's kind of a requisite. Like when you see a Maduro, mm-hmm. you know you feel like uh, like it should have some strength to it. But you also don't. But you also want to be able to smoke more than one. At least me. I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys, but I yeah. I seldom smoke only one cigar and then okay, good, I'm done. You know, like. For example, this weekend I had family over the, and it was, you know, you're in the pool, you're goofing off, you get out of the pool, you chill out, fire up a cigar. When that one's done, you want to light up another one. And so when a cigar is really heavy and, and overpowered, it, it, it wears you down and you don't want to smoke another one. So well, I like this level of strength. This cigar, it, to me, as, 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 as a newbie, as a novice, you know, when I see this dark wrapper, it's I would I don't want to say intimidating, but it makes me go. First of all, it, it's it's a robusto, and it's got a dark wrapper. So I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be heavy. And you know, it's it started off to your point. You said medium plus. I I'm feeling the plus part of it. Right. It's it's it definitely gets your attention from the start. Okay. So right off the right off the bat, this is an AJ cigar. So yep. all of his cigars are very well made. So you're not going to get no, a lot construction of construction. You know. Is- always on point I mean, and you're not gonna get a lot of them fermented tobacco or you know cigars that are just plain out of balance with just too much strength so mm-hmm. i think as you said this is not a cigar that you're gonna smoke one and not be able to smoke another i think i think it's very good and i actually had this this conversation the other day i love cigars with that look like are going to be for lack of better term an ass kicker yeah. and 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 they're not and they're very pleasant smokes and then vice versa, I like smoking cigars that look light and they're probably going to smoke like air and they actually over-deliver on with, co- yeah. with complexity and a little bit of strength and stuff like that. So, yeah, this is a great cigar. So everyone is about, I don't know, quarter of an inch. Uh, so what are you guys getting as far as flavor notes? Have you thought about it yet or no? Um, so I, I know we're going to get into it with Casey later on mm-hmm. in the conversation, but, I mean, this is... Uh, a brand new look uh, for Crux, um, you know, new factory making this specific one. Uh, well, no, no, I mean, this is just rebranded. The cigars right. are the same. Right. So they, they did rebrand the entire line, and, and we will talk about it with Casey in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, what the branding does is is just stand out on the shelf, as we'll talk about with Casey. It's really well done. The packaging, it jumps out at you, and it has some cool features in within the box so we'll talk about that later but the cigars were made at aj and are still made at aj the Mm. cigars are the same let's talk about the label the label is very interesting first of all it's got the tiffany blue color whoa tiffany blue -ish is is how casey likes to refer to it it's and it's and i love it's got a lot of gold foil uh intermittent throughout it and i like that the x in crux c-r-u-x the upper right of the X has a little gold foil on it. Yep, so yep. There's a lot going on. I nice find, touch. I find myself kind of just admiring and, and, and looking at the label. It's a cool label. It's, 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 it, it doesn't jump out at you, but it's got, it's got dimensions to it. And the, and, and the cigar is now, for me, really starting to, to settle in. 
Do you yeah, want? it's opening up now. You can kind of you can kind of taste that like dark chocolate, uh, maybe like some molasses in there. Toasty, you know? toasty is a good is a is a good descriptor. Nice. Uh, also, but the you know what I love about it is the the texture of the smoke is very creamy to me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the opposite of when I talk about like a gritty earthy cigar. While there are some earthy flavor notes in there, the smoke is super creamy. I don't know if, if you guys get that. Yeah, I get I get the cream for sure, and then I get some you know a lot of a lot of nut. And then uh, the hint of spice, the spice is not over the top, so it might be like a little bit of black pepper. Uh, oh, tiny the, bit. Good call. So, yeah, not over. Like not over. Very, very well balanced. Yeah. So I, I really dig this cigar. We actually rated it in the magazine uh, a couple of issues ago, and it got a good rating. So, uh, yeah, this is a, it's a good smoke. I, again, nobody's paying for anything here. Like, you know, we don't, we didn't sell... Mm-hmm. Crux, any advertising for this? Uh, Casey was coming to the office to visit, and we said, you want to record a show? I mean, that's really a, And then he brought some cigars, and this is what we smoked. So, And a pretty good golfing story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got, <laughs> we got some, some good golf stories from him. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, the cigar is, has started out beautifully. So let's, uh, why don't we segue to X's and O's. All right, so the question... That I've been asking people, friends of mine that are that are cigar smokers, you know, experienced and non-experienced, is how far down should you smoke your cigar? Now, I've read and I've heard lots, halfway, three quarters, down to the nub where you're smoking your, your fingernails. So you gentlemen, Ivan and Eric, as the experts in the room, and I'll start with you, Ivan. How far down should you smoke a cigar? The smart ass, smart ass answer for me is how good is the cigar? Yeah, that's <laughs> and that, fair. That's and that usually fair. determines how how far down I smoke it. If you see if you see, see me grab, pinching the end of it and smoking it like a roach, <laughs> it's probably a pretty darn good cigar. Yeah, and that's and that's like I said, perfectly fair, right? Because if in our world we are blessed that we can, you know, we smoke cigars. We have access to the best cigars in the world, but that also means we have access to the worst cigars in the world. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, there you can cigars can really go sideways on you, and when they do, put that thing down. Don't you know? Just because you paid eight bucks for it doesn't mean you have to torture yourself, or ten bucks, or fifteen bucks, or whatever it was. If it's bad, put it down and go to something that you know is good, right? Uh. I, I'm I'm the same as Ivan. If I really, really, if I'm enjoying it, I smoke it. Now, when my fingers start to get too hot, and I, I'm I'm pretty much done. Yeah. No right? pick for you. No cigar pick. Were you? Were you? I don't do the cigar picks. I don't do any uh, the toothpick or no. or these little tools that people have, which I get it, and that's fine. I don't do it. Maybe it's because I'm spoiled. Uh, but also, I don't think cigars are meant to be smoked that far it's down. It's not necessary. I, I, no. mm-hmm. they're, they're really not meant to be smoked that far down. I always take my cue from the old like Cuban masters, right? How do they smoke? And when the cigar gets too hot, they put it down. And if, if, if you're having to relight it constantly, that's probably you're not enjoying that smoke. Yeah, you're you're, done. You, don't have to, yeah you don't have to keep relighting and keep smoking. You're done with it. It's time has passed, and I think you should just let it die peacefully. <laughs> 
you know? From a construction point of view, the construction of a cigar, I would imagine that, because, I mean, I've really dug a cigar, and I'm, I'm literally smoking it to the end, and you got smoke in your eyes, and your fingers are burning, and it's running hot. At that point, you know, I, I don't think it was meant to be smoked that no, far down anyway, because not. now you've lost the, the balance and the blends and the mixing of it all, right? Correct. As the, as the tobacco gets so hot, Right, as you're heating it up and the, the heat source, which is obviously the front of it, uh, is so close to the end of the cigar, all of that tobacco in there has now gotten hot and the tar buildup is high. Uh, and it's, it's just not pleasant, right? Even, like for example, when you're smoking a cigar and you haven't gotten anywhere near the back yet uh, or near the end of it yet, but you're taking too many puffs in a row, you know, Cigar experts will tell you, hey, you know, don't don't overheat the cigar because it's it's not going to taste right after. It can't ever come back to what it was supposed to taste like if you overheat it. So when you're down at the end there, you've basically you're naturally overheating it. There's no choice. Right. Mm -hmm. And just by drawing smoke through it, you're already overheating it. So, again, it's not going to taste right. It's let it go. Well, it's a good excuse, Ivan, to go have another one. If you liked it that much, okay, let's yep. go grab let's another one. Another. Go get yourself Absolutely. another one. And this Crook's Epicure is well on its way for me to get another one. Really? This, by this, the way, yours looks like uh, something oh. that should be photographed. Yeah, it looks so good. The, the ash. Actually, all, all three. three. Now that I look at them. Yeah. All three look beautiful. Very, yeah, very, the, very you well know, the, the thing about AJ, AJ made cigars is, dude, the construction is always, always, always going to be on point. It's so hard to find a poorly constructed one. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the last time I smoked one where I went, "Oh wow, he really screwed up on this one." Those are some good, by the way. So good backstories with AJ in the factory and what he does for quality control. I think we, yeah, we could do that in a in a future. Jasper, show. put that down on the board for next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sound good to me. Yeah, AJ is is a, an amazing cigar maker. The guy floors you when you walk through the factory with him. It's it's impressive. We're going to have to do that. And hey, if you have a cigar question that you want answered, hit us up. Questions at CigarSnobMag.com. Questions at CigarSnobMag.com. If you read and answer your question, what happens? You get a Cigar Snob Swag Pack. All right, now comes Perfect Pairing. Bring out the booze. The Perfect Pairing segment is rum today. Right. I ate the rumba <laughs> with the rum. I've been sniffing them. Yeah. Smelling good. We've got three gorgeous looking rums with their golden hue yeah, to like them. Light amber in color. A, B, and C. This is this is a good, great hair color. Great hair color. It's a great hair color. You, you see, you see it or like a, like you have you have to be twelve. After twelve, you, that hair color doesn't no, come I'm, back. Right, like my kids' hair was like that, and then it <laughs> turned totally dark after. I mean, you listen. You have you you see a, a gorgeous woman or man. And they have this nice amber hair. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. Mm, yeah. Wow. Mm, hey. You know? Come um, anyone? All right, so A, B, and C. Let's so, start with A, but I digress. Yeah, so <laughs> I think, digressing a bit, um, when we first started the magazine, this was a long time ago, 2006, I was fairly novice at smoking cigars. I think rum was the most preferred pairing it was. with cigars at the time, and that evolved over the years and probably became maybe a wine or maybe craft beer. Craft beer really craft had beer it. for a while there. Right, and, and then, you know, bourbon really took a hold of the scene, and 
You know, rum has always been been good to us, though. Rum has been good to us because it's it's kind of like it it's made in the same place where the cigars are made <laughs> in a lot of cases, right. you know. So so yeah, rum has always been a good pairing. It's like rum, coffee, and cigars always go together because they come from the same places. They're the OG. They're they're family. Yep, they're family. They're, they're primos. They're right. Cuban cousins. All right, so let's start. We we, we talked about the color. And I went off to a different place there yeah. with the haircut. But, yeah. but let, let's take it to the nose now. So let's start with you, Eric, as we swish around here. What does the nose say? So I'm, I'm getting uh, I'm getting more alcohol than I am. Definitely. Uh, alcohol. Like, a- alcohol. I'm getting more <laughs> alcohol than I am getting sort of like what I'm what I would like to get, which would be like, you know, like a sugar cane or the molasses or uh, sorry, the caramel and things like that. It's more, more boozy uh, on the nose yeah. than I expected. And we always set up, just for background information for you guys, we always set up the spirits uh, in increasing order of ABV, so alcohol by volume. So we're always, we're going to end in the strongest. And that's by design. We don't want to overpower one, you know, before the other. So, um, so it's surprising that A is very boozy on the nose. Yeah, and I don't find it overly sweet. Like it doesn't you smell. Already like, it? No, no, no. Yeah, no. Uh, it doesn't smell sweet at all. No, it smells uh, oaky, like like oaky. It's, it's had some time in a barrel. Absolutely. Yeah, this it it smells like it would be your classic cigar. Like a, room, yeah, like a dry back room, yeah. room. You know, everybody's got a newspaper in their hand, <laughs> three piece suits kind of thing for sure, right? Tammany Hall days here. All right, let's let's try it. Not as much alcohol as I no. expected. No, a little thin. Yeah, a little that, thin on flavor. Feel it's a lot thin on flavor. This yeah. rum has a push-up bra. Come again. <laughs> that's that's the best way I can say. Maybe <laughs> really my favorite thing you've ever used to describe a spirit. You see it, you're like, wow. And then, whoa, okay, bueno. I think he just won over an entire group of people with that comment. That was beautiful. <laughs> this right. push up bra. Let's move on to B. But, 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 but how does it pair with the cigar? But how does it pair with the cigar? So we had our oh, first God. little buchito. We had our first little splash of the of the How does it deal with uh with, with the crux cigar item? Um Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it holds up to the cigar. I think the cigar has so much flavor, so many things going on with it, the that it it overshadows the the rum, in my opinion. Overpowers it, yeah. Same thing for you, Eric. Just took a one nice little puff of the cigar. Now comes a little bit of the rum. Ah, down the guzzle, guzzle goes. <laughs> yeah, I I almost can't taste anything in the rum. Yeah. So right. no, not a good pairing. Right, so Not a good pairing. Off to the side as a, as, a, as a drink spirit. Now we go to B. B. All right, so let's start with the nose. By the way, it actually made the rum a little sour. Hmm. It made it, I think, even worse. These two do not play well with each other. No, no, they're not. Right, so let's go to B now. We're swishing around. Let's start with the nose. Ivan, what, what, what notes do you get in your, on your nose or in your nose? I think it was. It's less alcoholic than Definitely. than A, but 
just as some would. Yeah, but but very subtle in 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 actual notes that I'd like to capture. Yeah, subtle not, is the word. Not not very fragrant in a good way. Let's drink it. Now comes the drinking part. Ooh, interesting. Oh, much better. At least there's flavor there. <laughs> there's flavor at least. There wasn't. I I didn't get any. This tastes more. To me, it tastes more like a uh, like a mixing rum instead of like a like an aged sipping rum. I, I agree, but there's but there's still some interesting stuff there. There's like some apricot notes there that that like jumped out at me. Yeah, uh, kind of interesting. Not, I'm Work not an- entirely hating it. I wouldn't sip on this probably. No, Work but I'm not drink. hating it. Worth another drink. No. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take a puff of my cigar. I think it's 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 a good balance. It's a good balance, and I love sort of the the after drink. Mm-hmm. You definitely get that fruitiness. Apricots, a, it's a good call by you, Eric. Yeah. What's the bra size? <laughs> I would I would say this is natural. This is natural. Okay. okay. You, this is one of those you don't need you don't need anything to it. it you, you know what you're gonna get. All right. You know what you get. He didn't throw a letter out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I would say this would be a nice, this would be a nice thirty-four B. I'm with okay. you. Yeah, nice, I'm with you. Nice thirty-four B. A. Okay. I love this rating system, by the way. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Pandora, here's your box. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new scale. <laughs> All right. So, so I, I, I puffed and drank. Now I'm gonna drink and puff. Be interested with that, uh, with, the, with the after. I think the bartender stiffed me with the pour here. Just kidding, Nat. I, I want to. I want to say as, as as a novice, I want to say these these are actually they play well together. Yep, they uh, I, I they complement each other. I agree. They, taste the cigar. At least they don't it. wipe each other out. Right. So you can enjoy your cigar, and if you like this flavor profile, have at it. It'll it, you can still taste it. So. I agree with you. It's kind of a pairing of equal intensities. And I love the sort of the lingering taste of the rum afterwards. That's what's good. Kind of, it, it, it stays in there. It's an interesting tasting rum for sure. It's not a, it doesn't taste like the rum you expect out of, you know, like a sipping, like a, you no. know, the sweet. There's not a lot of that. It's no. still kind of dry. So, right, so, but interesting. Okay. Good start. Good start for B. All right. Now we go to C. One seems a little darker. Smells sweeter. She's she's got those rum notes that you're mm. looking for. Sipping rum notes. Maybe it bears mentioning that rums can be sort of divided into two categories: the dry, sort of mixing uh, rums, mm-hmm. uh, which you can still sip on, but but they're drier. And then the sweeter sipping rums, like the zacapas and the safras and the zayas and diplomaticos and things like that. And this one. It's closer to that sipping side, right? On, on the, the nose, nose, at, least, yeah. at least on the nose. All right, so I just took a puff. We're going in. It smells great. We're going in. Yeah, this is the best one. It's it's more of a sipping rum. Definitely. You're shaking your head. Aaron. No doubt about it. You're, you're you're into this one. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's not overly sweet, which is nice. Right. Right, because I don't like that. It's, it smells sweeter than it tastes. Yeah, it's not overly sweet, so it's balanced. It's got, 
I can still taste alcohol, but not. And it's got just. And I'm gonna I'm gonna quote what you guys have always said. I lo- I think it's a perfect sort of description. It's got the right amount of heat. Yeah. Yeah. It warms your palate up. Yeah, you all. You know, like there's there's some some spirits that do a really f- good job of masking the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that's nice, but you still want to know you're drinking. Right. So I don't want it to be completely masked. I want to I want to know that there's that I'm I'm doing something bad here. Right? <laughs> At the end of the day, right? You still like right. smoking a cigar that doesn't, you know, that doesn't have any kick to it or and it doesn't let you know that you're smoking a cigar. It looks like you're just puffing air. No, I don't want that. I I, I still wanted to do something bad. Yeah. It's really accentuated the cream that you noted earlier in this cigar. Well, these, I mean, for as well as B played with the crux, I mean, I would almost say they were equals. This is, this is to my palate, my baby palate, as I like to say. These, this is great. Yeah. C and, and the crux are definitely, they, you know, you, you get a little bit of one, you get a little bit of the rum, then, then the cigar comes in and plays, and then it's, it's perfect. And it even uh, it modifies it a little bit. And you get out of the rum, it's like a like a, I don't know like a toasty character that I didn't get before. So yeah, really nice on the pairing. It 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 pairs very well. I can't wait to see what A is. It was a little disappointing. All right, so I think if we had to, it was yeah, it was uh, lacking a lot. A was tasted expired. Expired. <laughs> this one. To go to quote our new system, this one is a push-up bra, but there's still Ooh. plenty there. Uh, okay. There's okay. still plenty yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, B, like I, I, I would go to, I would go to battle with B. I like B, mm. especially if, if if rum isn't your drink, or or your or your your palate is still developing. B is very good, but C is 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 the island of Wonder Woman right now. <laughs> I don't know why I pictured you at a bar. Single and ready to mingle. When you said I'd go to the battle, <laughs> <laughs> you're like William Wallace coming over that hill. Let's go, freedom! All right, let's do the big reveal. Let's do it. All right, Nat G. We don't have Yami today, so it's it's up to you. All right, big reveal time. Nat G is here. What do we got, sister? All right, so A was Flor de Caña. Twelve oh, Centenario. Uh, B was Bacardi Gran Reserva Limitada. I wanted to say, when I said mixing rum, I was like, <laughs> tastes D. like Bacardi. And C was R.L. Seals Finest Barbados Rum. God. Oh, we went to We're the islands. That's pretty why. good. All right. So let's. Barbados. So let's, gotcha. so let's, dice, let's dissect this a little bit. I feel right. so proud of myself. I want to pat myself on the back. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about this. This. Good uh, job, Ivan. Yeah. Good job, Ivan. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so Flor de Gaña, obviously Nicaraguan rum, but this twelve, we've we've uh, I was gonna say we smoked it before, we've uh, we've <laughs> drank this before, and and it has that effect on us, right? It's it's lacking in flavor, and I think part of it, I mean, it's how can it smell so boozy when it's only thirty five percent alcohol? Mm-hmm. I find that baffling, uh, but we are not big fans of the twelve. However. Some of the more aged Flo de Cañas are fantastic. So, Noted. Although 12 has gotten bashed, 
there are others that are very good in the flow de la, flow de but looks great in the push-up bro oh beautiful with that square bottle <laughs> and then and b is is the, the bacardi gran reserva limitada this is uh you know this is not a cheap rum not cheap but i still think it's it's better made for for mixing you know That'd be uh, that'd be an expensive uh, yeah. Libre, yeah. Coke. Yeah. But it plays well. It's still very. I mean, I think it I think did actually. It played well with the crux. It did play well with the cigar. It did. It, it from an intensity standpoint, it stood up to to the crux, and still kind of did its thing. I still I agree with Evan. It's just like not enough flavor for when you look at this bottle. It's a black bottle with uh, like rose gold labeling. It's it's a beautiful bottle. It's beautiful. And you're thinking. Oh man, this is going to kick ass. This is going to be awesome. And it's got that heritage. And it's, it's not. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like subdued. It's yeah. like too subdued. I, I prefer the Havana Club. Uh, the Havana o- Club over, rum. Yeah. Made by Bacardi. Made by Bacardi. Okay. Yeah. And then and then C is RL Seals, which is the the Barbados distillery that brings you Four Square, which is a very good. And it very, reminds very, very me fun. of Freddie Mercury because that's a fat bottom girl right there. Yeah. So the bottle, the shape of the bottle. So it's this. It's a black bottle that's kind of misshapen and and looks funky. And that's because I believe the history of this is. Uh, by the way, I didn't do any research before this. This is just prior research that I have done for other stories. But uh, I believe that the bottle is shaped this way because they're. Uh, bottling plant or their distillery something burned down one day mm. and then the so as the glass was it, it got so hot that the glass was melting oh wow and then it took a funky shape and so they did this shape as a tribute to when that burned down i believe that's how it goes it almost seems like like if you're in the the spirit business or you're in the cigar business like you're you haven't gotten your bones unless you've had a fire It's true. It seems like everybody has a fire. It's true. Anyone who's doing something well has had a fire. <laughs> It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, I just took the the label off my crux. Yep. To, and I didn't realize this. It it has an opening. Yep. So the the Maduro the the, the, the dark, wrapper the dark wrapper provides the color. Yep. In between the Tiffany blue. Really well done. Oh my god. It's is, pretty unique. Yeah. This is like a little. This is like a awesome label this is this could be one of my favorite labels ever cool. yeah so so uh we'll talk to, to casey about it uh actually pretty soon but uh but yeah there there's uh like they, they really thought it out they 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 thought the label and the packaging and they they gave it some thought and what they did was killer i mean i, I think i think their whole lineup with the whole tiffany blue and then like a royal blue and then red and black They gave you different ways to identify each cigar, not just by name. Right. So I thought that was really well done. But uh, back to the the rum. This isn't an expensive bottle. This uh, RL Seals. Mm-hmm. It's a very good rum. It's 43% alcohol. Not expensive. And if you so try that out. And if you like it, seek out the Foursquare because that's like their high end mm-hmm. line that they make at this distillery. And that is fantastic. So one of the nice things about Barbados is they don't add any sugar, which is so it's important when you're drinking any of that sugar that gets added after any additive that gets added to the spirit after it's been distilled 
your body has to metabolize that and that gives you a vicious hangover. So when you have rum that's really well made and doesn't have sugar added, same thing with bourbon, you you get less or no hangover. So I'm a big fan of that. And for our keto friends out there, there you go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So RL squares? RL seals. RL seals. Four square. I was, I was yeah. Maybe now in the blending business. All right, there you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. We're going to take a little break. And Ivan, you're going to tell us about one of our favorite cigars. All right, yeah. So speaking of other great things here, Villager Cigars, a brand synonymous with European style and sophistication, invites you to try the Cuellar Black Forest. Made at the famous Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic, the Cuellar Black Forest is crafted using only the finest tobaccos, resulting in a smooth and complex smoke you're, insure, you're sure to enjoy. Why is the Cuellar Black Forest such a spectacular smoke? Well, it's because it's made it with highly sought-after Mexican San Andres tobacco, similar to this similar to this crux. Aged to perfection, the Mexican San Andres produces a robust amount of flavor uh, while giving the cigar its gorgeous dark walnut color appearance and oily textured finish. Named after the majestic forest where Chairman Heinrich Villiger grew up near, the cigar is a tribute to the passion which is embedded in a long history of cigar making at Villiger Cigars. The Cuellar Black Forest. Go out and try one today. Always good times with our friends at Villiger Cigars. Now, you know, they talk about rum and cigars and coffee. They're the OGs. They're the primos. They're the cousins. They always go together. And so does golf. And our buddy from Crux Cigars, Casey Hogan, is here. Ivan and Eric sat down for our Share of Smoke segment. And the golf story is unbelievable. Fellas? All right. So we have Mr. Casey Hogan of Crux Cigars. Thank you for being on the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the cigars. Thank uh, you for the rating. Oh, no, that's a that's a good smoke. Well deserved. Yeah. Uh thank you for the golf chatter for like hours before this podcast. It's only the it's only the turn. We'll get to the back nine after this. Yep, yep. All right, so so for those that ha- that don't know Crux Cigars and don't know you, although you travel the country visiting stores all the time, uh give us a little background on Crux Cigars, the company principles, and uh, and how long you've been in business. So it goes back to the early 90s. My cousin Jeff um, opened his first retail shop in 1992 outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then he basically right out of college started in the cigar retail business. And then fast forward 15 years later, um, I was finishing college and was playing minor league baseball, independent minor league baseball, and was working for him in one of his shops um, just in the off season to try to, you know, make a little bit of money because we weren't making any money playing minor league baseball. So that's where my passion for it. And he always had this idea that he wanted to start his own brand because originally when he had first started, he wanted to just create a monster chain of cigar lounges in Minneapolis. But over the years and through the boom, the tobacco tax in Minnesota basically went from low to 20, I think it was 35, 70, then up to 95%. Um, and then they were having floor stock, ta- floor stock taxes. And then the, with the tax increasing, it made it really difficult to open up a chain of yeah, stores. That idea went out, that the, went out the door. So yeah. he, with his passion um, for tobacco, had the idea of, all the trips he'd been as a, like a retailer through the factory tours, like this would be something I would love to do and ex- extend the horizon for, for us in cigars. So 
we kind of discussed it when I was there and um, yeah, I was like, that sounds a lot of fun. You know, so we love cigars and he has obviously instilled his passion into me with tobacco because now it's basically one of, you know, few things that we're very passionate about. Um, but, and then in 2009, when I quit playing baseball, we kind of parted ways because I spent two years traveling the country, um, you know, playing baseball, getting to view the rest of the country in Canada and realize Minnesota wasn't for me. Because okay. it's cold. But although you grew up there. I grew up there. I'd yeah. been there for 23 years. And I, was, I had never been really outside of it. So I lucked into a job in a different industry in the golf business, which were why we have so much nerdness in, yep. in the golf world now. But so Jeff and I parted ways for a few years. And over that time, I was getting uh, business experience running a golf company, you know, getting an education on somebody else's dime, making mistakes, learning about, you know, logistics and staffing and all those things. And during that time, Jeff said he was going to take time and travel to Central America uh, on his own. Um, went through Honduras, Nicaragua, Dominican, doing a SWOT analysis in any factory that he could get into. Um, but then he had a tie through Nestor Placencia because way back when in those early 2000s, Nestor Placencia's oldest son, Gustavo, actually so-called interned at Tobacco Grove, wanted his oldest son. Tobacco to get, Grove being Jeff Storm. Tobacco Grove being Jeff Storm, Minnesota. Um, so he interned for Jeff because Nestor wanted his son to get out of the factory, go learn different parts of the business. So they had had a connection through some trip and he asked if he could come work in a couple summers up there. And so there was always that connection. So after going through all the factories, going through all the tours, um, you know, Jeff settled on our first business partner with the Placencia family and then started blending cigars. He was down there one week a month for almost three years, every month down there, learning tobacco, learning the process, learning the blending. And then finally, uh, beginning of 2013, um, I had actually called him as my cousin slash older brother that I never had says to me, I call him and I say, Hey, I got this contract option for uh, a business proposal, a buddy of mine. We're going to start a baseball training facility. Can you review this contract? Being somebody who deals with contracts, yeah. I want it before I take it to an attorney. He goes, I'll look at it, but before you sign anything, we got to talk. Literally before that phone call was over 15 minutes later, we decided to put this plan into action. Meaning Crux Cigars, Crux Cigars plan. And he had said, I think I'm ready. We got blends. I got, you know, some stuff that I think we can go to market with potentially beginning of next year. So this was middle of 13. And I said, okay, I don't need to read this contract anymore. I'm in. 100% all in. Changed it literally in a 10-minute phone call. So um, we started sourcing out um, offices in Miami when I was still living in Vegas. And uh, spending time getting our blending, getting our packaging all down for the original branding. And then in 2014, uh, we launched our first cigar in April of 2014, which was a unique Cuban shape, a 7 by 33 uh, The shape is an old Cuban size called Nympha, N-I-N-F-A. Put a double perfecto on it. We came out with two different um, blends in that in April of 2014. And then three months later at the first IPCPR for us, we came out with uh, four other brands. So we went from a kind of a gimmicky marketing cigar which was a seven by 33 these guys are two idiots out of minnesota yeah three idiots out of minnesota coming up with this unique shape and people like what's that and it was called the nymphomaniac so there was a play on words um and then we came out in 2014 fast forward a few years to where we are now um jeff still does all our blending but we use another factory with aj fernandez 
Uh, we've gone through an entire 180-degree rebrand uh, two years ago. So well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'll, then I'll pause on that. But <laughs> so the company was Jeff's vision, his, his idea, something he was very passionate about. And I jumped at the opportunity to be 100% in on a business with my cousin, who I respect more than anybody. And it's been seven plus years of doing this. Well, eight, if you count the first year to get it off the ground and then 10 for him, technically trying to learn the blending process. So uh, we're still a young company, we're still getting going, um, but it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, that that um, that original Nymphomaniac, I remember it. I remember one of the problems on our side as a magazine was where the hell do we put that if we wanted to rate it? Right, like it doesn't. There's no category that that fits into, right? That yeah, was the I mean, only cigar with that format, so yeah, you have I, no peers. I think there was one to. other Nympha that was released by a company that was like a one-off limited release at that point at the time, and it's because it's the hardest cigar to roll in the factory. Take a Lancero that has to be precise with the seven by forty, roughly, yep. and now make it seven by thirty-three, and then make it a double perfecto. Like it spent one pair three months failing every day finally we could smoke a cigar out of it finally mm. we could get it and then we came out with it at a seven dollar price point or six dollar price point at the time just to say we're not going to sell a ton of these but people are going to notice it out the gate and it did and it got us some publicity and it helped it open some help opened our first 25 accounts in 2014 no kidding so then uh then you go what year was the rebrand 2019 we are in 2021. The rebrand launched at the PCA show in 2019. Yeah. So our last PCA show. Correct. And so that was that it. You went from being what looked, it looked chunky. I I didn't. I never liked the old branding at all. I really didn't. Uh, just from a design standpoint, I didn't like it. Uh, it it had its moments. It had its followings. It had its kind of medieval gothic feel, where people said we could have made a lot of money selling shirts, yeah. but we didn't want to be a shirt company. We had a logo that was not very legible. We didn't have a great um, scheme of continuity in our packaging. Correct. The we boxes had, had different. They shapes were different shapes, weird, yeah. different colors, different quantities. So it just didn't scream we were a company. Correct. It screamed yeah. we were trying to figure out who we were. Thankfully, that which you were, which is which is fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where you were in the. That's where we cycle. were, and yeah. that was one of the steps that, I mean, if we did, I don't know if we would have done it any other way from that point because it, it's it's just a process of growing and always getting better. And so then in 2018, uh, we were talking about how do we become better? Is it do we need better people? which would be hard to replace us. But, you know, do we need better people? Do we There's need better no product? Better do we us. need better marketing? For us, I don't I mean, like, if it's not him and I, but um, so we totally did an analysis to figure out how could we grow. Because we had a small little company that was plugging along, but we knew we needed to make drastic changes. So we went to market research, uh, hired, hired outside companies to evaluate us and tell us what we're doing wrong. And... They came up with a lot of great ideas, hired a brand new marketing company, new design company um, to help walk us through the, the whole yeah. process because we knew after the market research that people enjoyed our cigars and blind taste testing. I mean, we use great factories. We, yep. we know that. We use great tobacco because we come from some of the best people in Nicaragua, source it from other countries that some of the best growers in the world. But it was hard to remember, hard to find, hard to stand out. Uh, and more importantly, it was hard for people to remember because the logo was not very legible. Yeah, yeah, and it and uh, and you also made it a little bit harder for the retailer 
to carry your whole line. You know, they, they could fit this one box, but then these other boxes were odd shapes. And so, yeah, that was even in our humidor. Like I, when you guys would send us stuff, they were always funky. You're always like, well, what do we do with this odd box? Right. So so that was uh, that was an issue. But now now this rebrand, I absolutely love. By the way, when I when I poo poo your previous design, I, I mean it from the best place, because when you look at the very first Cigar Snob magazine, <laughs> Uh yeah, you can make fun of it because it's ugly. I mean, it's not. It's it's. And, it and you have to place. start somewhere. It had its place. Yeah. It was a regional feel for a company that would definitely work. Um, and it was a stand a start for us. But now we have truly a clean marketing design. We have a, a totally a process that we go through, and more importantly, a recognizable company that hopefully has a timeless brand that could be marketed internationally. Yep. Yeah. One of the one of the things that that I love about that story, which again has a parallel to us uh, in the way we did things, is that today's, like the younger generation now, they feel that everything has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then don't don't put it out there. But you don't learn when you do that, right? You have to put out, what is it? That, what do you got? Let's go. Let's see it. Something on it is going to work. Or if nothing works, then you scrap the whole thing and go do something else. But something is going to work. And now pick the best parts of what worked and now move on and redesign and get better, right? And you and have to continue to get better because correct. even with our new branding and our new packaging, there's still things we will ever evolve from. If we ever stop trying to make changes, that means we've given up. Yep. And even with our new boxes, our new packaging, we're incorporating some new designs, some new in, in a release that we have coming out next month. Uh, it's a new band that fits in. It's a different shape, but we also have some technology going into it. Uh, we also have trying to make our packaging, if it's our boxes, a little bit sturdier. If it's our cardboard, now is re all recycled paper. If it's whatever way we can always get better, we will always continue to look forward because Jeff has always said, we don't look at this company by day or by year. We look at it by decade. So how do we plan for 10 years of success in the future versus reacting to just what we're doing today. So it's always a long-term goal because I mean, we've hundred percent gone all in and I mean, I uprooted my life, like I said earlier and totally made a whim on, on 10 minutes and said, let's go. And we're sitting here today talking to, you know, I guess you guys. <laughs> so the, the rebrand, uh, one of the things I love is how the box has this, uh, dual sort of purpose, uh, in that you can fit the single sticks on there, but then you can also put the five packs on it. I think that is brilliant because you have you. The, the the five packs that stand up so they jump out on the shelf when you're walking and looking through all the cigars. Nothing else has that sort of, you know, three-dimensional marketing. Yes, I didn't want to use your word. I know. Your I, had, I knew term. I had to say. I knew I had to say it for. It might be a real term. We're still not sure yet, but it's. It sounds really, so really. They may not have heard it. So, what was the term that you uh, used for we, this? I call it three-dimensional marketing. It makes a whole lot of sense. It is definitely three-dimensional, and it is marketing. So it has yeah. to be real. Um, but yeah, he like we say. Um, the reason it, it originated was because it's three points of purchase from a selling perspective. You know, you're going to try a cigar. And then you upgrade to a five pack or what I've heard people call it a small box because everybody wants to be a box buyer. Like that's just like a clout thing. Yeah, yeah. I bought a box. Well, you can buy a pack. I, I correct people, but you can buy a pack or a small box in their mind, at least five. And then it does come in. Obviously, the final sale for us is obviously selling boxes of cigars. But being able to be recognizable on a shelf, standing out amongst a sea of brown 
and just all one dimension flat shelves where you look around and you see all these great cigars, but how do you choose the one when you walk into a humidor? And when you give dimension, people's eyes tend to gravitate towards unique, different things. And they just see bright colors. They see dimension, and then they have a little bit of description on our box. Yeah, I think that that's awesome. I a mean, flavor the, profile like, and a yeah. strength meter that gives you a direction of whatever you're feeling that day to smoke, yeah. and that's why we have multiple blends, um, so you can choose whatever sounds best. I think that's the one thing that stands out to me is the big departure visually that there is between the old lines, which they all kind of, the color panel pattern was kind of like the same. It was like the very dark, dark label. And now you have this very uh, colorful array of, 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 of colors differentiating from line to line, which you have five different blends. So now it's kind of like, oh, do, do I like this? Yeah. Like, for example, I'm smoking the, uh, the Epicure Madura now, which is this beautiful, like, uh, light, like, I don't know, aqua color. Tiffany uh, blue-ish. Yeah, that's what I, that was my next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Highly rated in Cigar Snob Magazine, by the way. Yeah. Just so you know. So this is an excellent smoke right here. So it is nice to be able to like pick it out color-wise. Yeah, and, and you have, uh, yeah, you have the names, right? Like the, the blue is the bull and bear, but people probably just say blue. So they'll go Crux Blue. And from right? the marketing standpoint, too, there was always three points of recognition on every box. Every one of our boxes has a color. Or an, let's start with a name a color and an icon. So the icon is goes unnoticed by a lot of people, but some yeah. people remember icons. They remember so it gives you three points of recognition to also remember that cigar, find it again and be able to purchase it again cuz we're in the business to make money as well. We want to make great cigars with great people, but we do need to sell cigars and continue to do that. So as long as they can find it, the things that they like, they can come back and and they can buy it again. Yeah, I think You'll have a you'll have a guy that'll just refer to it as a color, but then you'll have a guy that just the little the little bull one, you know, the one that has a little bull on the cover. And so that you're right. I mean the, the three points is is a brilliant way to do that. So really well done. Uh one of the things that I thought was funny was you have some athletes and you have the you have some random people out there that that are total crux fans. Right? Like I saw on on John Randall's Instagram. I saw him wearing a Crux hat and smoking a Crux cigar on the golf course. And I was like, look at that NFL Hall of Famer, Mr. Badass. I didn't realize the connection, obviously, Minneapolis, right, because he played in Minnesota. And so how, how does that happen? How did, how did that end up? So that stems back to Jeff's retail store. He was uh, uh, really close. He was a me- still is a member, still hangs out there almost every Friday he's in town, it. Friday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever day of the week it is. But he's there. He smokes a lot of cigars. And he became just a fan. Uh, obviously, he's an incredible human being, and he's a great ambassador for the NFL. But for us, all he wants to do is help support us. He, I mean, he texts me very frequently about meeting up with to play golf, to smoke cigars. How much swag can you get me? He's even created his own Crux swag. He's the only one that I believe that has Crux cell phone cases <laughs> and Crux other gizmos and gadgets that he creates and goes hey look what i'm rocking this week and he's just into it and he has been he nothing but like a, such a good guy he's an incredible human being he's such a down-to-earth i mean if you go through even his quick story about how he made it he was that never say die kid putting coins in his pockets just to make weight so he was heavy enough to be a defense alignment you know like he found a way to make it work putting change in his pockets during weigh day so he was heavy enough to be on the scale so they would consider him a viable d end you know, which is a crazy story when you yeah. talk to him. But he is always out there speaking the good word for us, and he he loves to be a part of it, and he's a 
very, very enthusiastic cigar smoker. Uh, and he probably smokes more cigars than you and I. Does, wow. he, does he wear the face paint when he comes into the stores and stuff? <laughs> that would be so cool. I've never seen him in person with the face paint on. Um, but maybe we could get him to bring that out. I think he gets probably asked that frequently. I bet. But it might be a, that, that special event there. We can try to talk him into it. Yeah, I don't know about the face paint. But on his Instagram feed, there is also a video of Casey uh, oh, with this guy teeing off in a golf course, teeing off from his genitalia. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I, it was from, from the nether regions. It was from the nether regions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, t- what tea did they use? <laughs> yeah, I know. I hope <laughs> it was <a> forward tea. <laughs> <laughs> but what was that? So, because that looks scary to me. John I, I, and I, I start uh, trembling when I see I'm it. Thinking about it, I'm getting shivers right now. But so John and I, um, obviously became friends through my cousin and through smoking cigars at the shop and doing a lot of things. And then he calls me and we'd always talked about playing golf, but I'm never in Minnesota. Like not a whole lot of golf season up there. We just had never got the opportunity. And he calls me one day and says, Hey, uh, I'm going to play in a golf tournament down in Miami. Um, are you going to be in town that week? And I happened to be in town and it was a tournament for Larry Little Foundation. Um, also a hall of famer at Shula's and long story short, I show up little bit late due to logistics, meaning told the wrong golf course to start, but end up getting there. First thing I do, grab a cigar, grab a beer, go to the first tee shotgun start. Don't remember what exact hole it is, but it's that it's the gimmick charity event where you can pay the long drive guy to hit your drive. And of course we're there for a charity tournament. We all pony up, we throw in a hundred bucks and he hands me a jock strap. Yeah. Already this is like, I've been there for 10 minutes. Now I got John Randall, a couple ex NFLers in our group and we're all playing together. And the first tee, I get a jock strap and I think it's kind of a joke because I mean, I'm the odd one out here. Anyways, I'm not the ex NFL player in the group. And he's like, no, I need you to put that on. We're going to, I'm going to tee off of you. And I'm like, and there's a tee coming out from the front of a jock strap that I've been there for 10 minutes. I look up. You have to watch this. Go on John Randall's Instagram. Or Twitter, Instagram. I think the Twitter is better because I think there's audio. Okay. Um, But this this would have been, if you have to go back, timeline, fall of 18. So if you go back to wherever that is in his feeds. But um, been there for 10 minutes. I lay down, close my eyes, and he he stripes it right off of... uh, (laughs) Your junk. Yeah. Right off of my junk. (laughs) And we ended up making... I think we... Tapped in for birdie, so it was a good start. We took his drive. Obviously, he's the long drive you, guy. You keep, couldn't, keep, I couldn't put Keep the right jock strap on. <laughs> keep the jock strap on. So, yeah. I so wouldn't have been able to put. I would have still been shaking. It was a unique event, um, and that's the way it started. Wow. But, uh, yeah, you can check that out if you get a chance. But let's go back to the to the crux line. We didn't, what we didn't do was we didn't run down the, the whole, uh, let's say, portfolio. So give us just a quick uh one by one of each of the colors or uh, each of the brands inside of the crux portfolio so currently on the market um we did scale back a little bit from our original brand uh blends when we did repackaging due to some tobacco availability as well as limiting our portfolio when we changed but we have a the one we're smoking right now is the mexican san andreas maduro it's a torrent family wrapper uh rolled at aj fernandez factory called the epicure maduro it's our first Maduro. It was something that came out in 2018. Um, we're a little late to the Maduro party because everybody was on Maduro for a few years, but we wanted to create a Maduro that fit our 
consumer, a Crux guy who's looking for that medium, medium plus, full flavor, um, clean finishing tobacco. And, and, and it took a while to really get it nailed down with, uh, excuse me, with AJ Fernandez factory and Esteli. Then we have the bull and bear, which is a true Nicaraguan Puro, also known as the blue, the bright blue, a larger ring gauge cigar, Nicaraguan Puro, Jalapa wrapper grown by Nestor Placencia because he's the king of Jalapa. Yep. And, uh, all four rings of Nicaraguan tobacco in that filler for a true Puro. Going to be more on that medium plus the fuller side for us. Not overly powerful on the one to 10. I always say it's still a seven. For us, our strong cigars are more full in flavor because they're cleaner finishing and they don't give you palate trauma or ammonia finishing. Uh, but that's would be our fullest body with about sixty percent Lajero in that cigar. And, the, and, and how many? So on the uh, on each one, how many vitolas? So on the uh, on the Epicure Maduro that you talked about first, how many vitolas does that come? The in? Epicure Maduro, as of tomorrow, will have six vitolas. Uh, the we just launched the short Salomon Maduro at the last TPE trade show that starts shipping tomorrow, which you, we're gonna get a press release tomorrow. So there's your press release. Okay, I'll send it to you. Um, but that'll be so that'll be six in in the Maduro, which also has the same in the Epicure Connecticut. They mirror each other. Um, the Connecticut's coming for PCA in the short Salomon. The Bull and Bear's larger ring gauges. Uh, there's uh, three available p- Vitolas: uh, Toro, Robusto, Extra, and Gordo. Uh, we are adding a double Corona 7x54 later this year. And then the next one uh, is the Orange. The Guild is smaller ring gauge for us. We don't do anything larger than a Toro. Uh, it's an Ecuadorian Habano, Nicaraguan filler binder, more earthy, more grassy, kind of that little bit more spice to it. Um, but we do it in Corona, Robusto, and Toro. Um, and then we have our kind of our best seller. It was kind of one of the cigars that came out for us that kind of Turn the tables for us. Um, originally was our Ecuadorian Connecticut, our Crux Epicure. Um, not that boring, mild Connecticut. Uh, uses a really delicious Condega filler that's going to have some creaminess. Um, and then we source the Ecuadorian Connecticut from a small farm in Ecuador, but we roll that at Nestor's uh, factory as well in Esteli. Kind of that one cigar that when we got it and we started, it started to hit. And we saw numbers that were above and beyond anything we'd ever done. So it was kind of the one that in 2016 really pushed us to a more financial yeah. perspective. And that's the red. That's the red. Yeah. And then we have the limited series we do called the Crux Limitada. Um, it, this year it will come in three Vitolas. Uh, we released uh, the PB5 was the original release in 2015 that point it was 5,000 cigars a year were released, 10 count boxes. And now we're up to 25,000 cigars with that Vitola. We'll do 25,000 cigars in the Robusto Marblehead box press. And then we're also coming out with a short Salomon uh, later this year for the three 25,000 cigar releases. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was about how Limitada is Limitada, but 25,000 cigars a year. So you never stop making it. You just make less of it. Right. Uh, well, over the last five years, we've always made more. We started no, no, at I mean, five thousand. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna make more than that stated number. Correct. That's I mean, what's it's limited about it. It's a limited tobacco, so it's got an Esteli shade wrapper that Nestor grows. Uh, that's proprietary to us now because when originally when Jeff was blending before we even launched our company, it was one of Jeff's favorite wrappers. But it had such a small yield when he was growing it uh, that it really wasn't feasible for large companies because it just it didn't stand the test of time. But because they were growing it and always working with new tobaccos, there was enough at the time to make, you know, 50 to 100,000 cigars. So for us making five, 10,000 a year, we were good. Um, 
But then once we actually came up with a brand for it and got it to market, Nestor grew us more. Um, so now we can make maybe a hundred thousand a year with that max. Um, that's why we're at about 25,000 per, per, per Vitola. And that's awesome. So I haven't, I haven't smoked the, the Limitada. So I'll, I'll hit that next. I'm on the, I'm on the guild, the orange right now. Uh, really nice smoke. Uh, that Epicure Maduro, as we know, got a good score, uh, in the March, April issue. So check that out. Uh, all right. So then let's talk about how people can find out more about Crux Cigars. So social media, your website. So you can go to our URL, cruxcigars.com. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for throwing that in there. The old URL. Um, our website is cruxcigars.com, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know what else we have. We might have more. So it's Crux Cigars across the board. Crux Cigars on everything. Um, we basically started... Um, our first marketing campaign was all homegrown social media. So we have to thank social media from the get go of really targeting because at the time, obviously when, when money's an issue, it just takes time. And I figured out how to post on Instagram and then we were getting some help, getting more professional photography. And now that we use, um, a company that helps us obviously do our social media because social media is an animal on itself. And we were lucky enough to get to a point where it does help us sell cigars versus just something we're doing to show how people how cool we were with our social media lives. So yeah. um, outside of that, you can get a lot of information about our products on cruxcigars.com. I think they'll all link you there at some point, but um, really looking forward to expanding that marketing system through all the new platforms like I mean, we were talking about podcasts and those kind of thing. We have the ideas of having other outlets to create more consumers, to tie more people into our industry first, even and then selfishly to our cigars. Can we go back for one second to talk about the redesign? Because I think we left out like how much how much different that is than anything else. And and you worked with someone that has a tie into the cigar business, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a cigar industry marketing company. Mm-hmm. So tell us how that how that came about because that again I think that plays into why it's so unique and why it has been so successful. So, so Brandon Frakes, uh, his family owns um, a cool new shop, new three years old maybe now uh, in Frisco, Texas, um, and they had been fans of ours from our old branding from previous. They were cigar smokers. That, Two of the brothers worked at different shops in, in the Dallas area, and they were some of our heroes selling cigars at some other shops for us. And they had done family trips to Nicaragua, and, and they were just a cigar family, consumer family. And um, we started getting tied into them because they were talking with Jeff and talking with building their own store. And then Brandon and his business partner, Gabe, who have this this marketing company called Go Local. And we were talking about where do we want to do, where do we want to go. And the beautiful thing about when we decided to actually go with them to do our um, original analysis of, of our company, because as a marketing, you got to figure out what's wrong. Yeah. And they did it for us. And, and Gabe is not a cigar guy. He's a designer. And he is the guy behind all the final products. He's our graphic designer. He comes out with Pretty much everything you see. Obviously, we have some input in you know the directions, but but we give him a lot of the credit. And he's Brandon's business partner because Brandon's more on the business side of their design team. But Brandon has the tie into obviously a, cons- a cigar consumer, 
um, and his family opening up a retail shop that does a lot of unique things. They throw great parties. They have great media. They have great photography because Brandon's a photographer. Yeah. And they have a videographer. So you can get, you can create an ambiance from, I mean, a great little shop in Frisco, Texas, who is a great business partner of ours, but they create a larger than life in their shop because of the parties they throw, the ambiance they have. They do an every Saturday podcast. They do a weekly newsletter. They do, I mean, they're tied into it from that young millennial standpoint that they have technology. They grew up with technology. They understand how many people you can reach with new and unique outlets. Yeah. And that's industrial cigars in Frisco, Frisco, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, they send us images from their events and they invite us to every one of them. And the Halloween party. They're so, I mean, the, the images are great. The story behind each event is great. So they give us great descriptions and it makes it easy for us to feature them. Mm-hmm. So people always tell us like, how come, how come industrial isn't like almost every issue of Cigar Snob? It's like, cause they want to be, man, they may make it easy for us. They give us good content. Uh, and we do their Halloween party. Um, that looks great. every year. That looks incredible. I didn't go last year due to COVID. We didn't fly at that point last year, but we, Jeff and I, went to one we did their grand opening whenever it opened three years ago and then we did their first halloween party and jeff and i went as hans and franz <laughs> um and then we sent sam and his uh significant other last year and they had some great costumes but they they deck it out we're yep. talking about like above and beyond like i heard that they threw cool parties and yeah. then i was just like oh man and they i mean they're uh bagley who's um dave's significant other um is the brains behind their entire display and she goes all out she must have a warehouse full of gizmos and gadgets and marketing and displays and banners because it's new every time every time every event and they do probably six a year total events yeah i i really wanted to go to their their secretariat derby event i was i really bummed about missing that because i love all that horse racing stuff so anyway Man, thank you for uh, for hanging out with us. Thank you for bringing the smokes. Uh, again, congrats on the on the uh, growth of the company, the healthy growth. Because it's not a you're not you're not going nuts. You're you're growing at a, at a good pace. Uh, you've made your mistakes early when it didn't matter that much. We'll continue to make mistakes. Of course you will, but they'll be of smaller uh, impact. So uh, again, congrats and and thanks for being us, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for having me. me. I said thanks for being us. I said thanks for being with us. Thanks for being <laughs> us. <laughs> All right, later, guys. I don't know about you, but there'd have to be either a lot of uh, rum, yeah, or a lot of money involved. Ho- hopefully, to- not the guy hitting the ball drinking the rum. By the way, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my god. Would you do that, Ivan? Absolutely not. Would no. you do it? I, I would not hit it. I would. I would do the the swinging. I mean, listen. I, I've been known to do to do anything twice just to make sure. It twice, would, yeah, no. But I mean, I, I think I'd do it. I mean, I, I would, I would need some sort of, a, <laughs> some sort of compensation sure. at it. I mean, I've already had kids, so it's okay, you know. At, at that point, oh, you yeah. know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, How many O's in that cornyo, by the way? Mm. <laughs> no, man, that's that's a bit much for me. Uh, our thanks to Casey Hogan from Crux Cigars. Always, always awesome. Story. Good conversations. All right, backstory time. And more, more stories. That's right. Yeah, you know, and again, golf and cigars, like we said before, always go well together. And Eric, you've got some so I, fairway, yeah, yeah, fables for us. So yeah, this is a this is a story that combines rum, golf, and obviously cigars. 
uh, I was invited, uh, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago down to Guatemala to visit the Botrang uh, distillery. So the Rong Botrang, Botrang Rum. Yeah, I remember not getting invited. Man, that was an amazing trip. So the so my buddy Gardner Blandin, who owns Safra Rum, he invited me down to this trip with the guys from Southern Wine and Spirits. And so the trip, super interesting. From the moment we, we got off the plane, we get picked up in, in these armored uh, SUVs. Now, I don't know. Like, I, I don't ride around in armored SUVs. I'm not, I'm oh, not that guy. You're being humble. Yeah. So... <laughs> When uh, when I sit, so it was a bunch of us. So we sit in this. It was like a, a cavalry of like five SUVs, and we're in one of them with the so Botrang Rum and that distillery that makes Sacapa Rum, by the way. In addition to Botran, it's like a a collective, like it's a a bunch a cooperative where fa- and a different family in that co-op runs it for like a several years i think it's like a five-year span one family runs it then the next family runs it then but everybody goes back around it's like a round robin running of these rums so anyway it's an interesting thing so the guy who's running it at the moment is in my suv which if you're in an armored suv driving through <laughs> guatemala city why do i have to be in the most dangerous <laughs> one but, right so I, I'm, they sit me in the front seat no less so this guy and all the executives from Southern Wine and Spirits are in the back. And I'm in the front with the driver slash security guy. And there's like three buttons on the on the uh, center console. I haven't gotten to the golf yet. I know. It's three buttons on the center console. And I, I go to the guy. Hey, you know, in Spanish the whole time. Hey, what's uh, what's up with the buttons? He goes, don't touch the buttons. <laughs> I go, no, I, I got it. I'm not like a little kid. I'm not going to touch the buttons. But what's up with the buttons? Don't touch the buttons. That's great. What is your problem, dude? Like, I know you're a security guy, but we're we're cool now. We're fine. We're out. Like, we're, by now, we've left Guatemala City, and we are in the middle of nowhere. No one's going to do anything to us. What's up with the buttons? And so the owner of the guy who's running Botran at the time. Don't touch the buttons. Yeah. No, yeah. He finally goes. <laughs> he's like, no, those are, those, are, uh, those are to spread. Like, they shoot out tear gas, and the one on the left shoots it out from the left side. The one in the middle shoots it front and back, and then the one on the right shoots it out of your side. I'm like, oh, you got to let me press the button. So did that make you feel better or worse? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. That was that car ride, that armored car ride, was the last time we got in a car until we went back to the airport several days later. From that point forward, they dropped us off at the golf course. Uh, by the way, the golf course was eventually, like, I don't know if you, you remember the, the, uh, the volcano that erupted in Guatemala several years ago? Mm-hmm. That destroyed tons oh, wow. of Guatemala. Well, that golf course, La Reunión, it was called, completely covered by lava. So anyway, that like they Pompeii. dropped us off. Yeah, they dropped us off at that golf course. And from that point forward, everywhere we went, we went in Chopper. It was this wild, super baller type of trip. <laughs> we went, oh, we're going to go see the, the sugarcane fields. In the Chopper we go. We're going to go play golf on another course. Golf bags in the Chopper. Let's go. It was... It's a chopper, wild. baby. Yeah, yeah. It was wild. So anyway, we had a, we had this one day where we play golf at La Reunión, which is surrounded by like four, if I remember correctly, it's like four volcanoes around the golf course. And so they had a different cocktail. This is a hell of a day, right? Different cocktail at every hole Ooh. for you to try to, to showcase Botran, mostly to the guys from Southern Wine and Spirits, 
and I just get to tag along. Mm. So I'm trying to play golf, but <laughs> we are just drinking way too much. Yeah, I hope it doesn't have the residual sugar you were talking about. Dude, when we got, it was like, I don't know, it was like five, number five or six. And we're on the we're on the tee and we're getting our cocktail. And then the ground just starts rumbling, <laughs> rumbling. I'm like, what is going on here? What is that? And it's, dude, it's a, a volcano. It's starting to erupt. Luckily, it was a, they have volcanoes are, are either fire volcanoes or water volcanoes. And the one that was erupting was a water volcano. And these guys were all like, nah, no big deal. No big deal. And the thing, like the ground is rumbling like an earthquake. Oh my just like a train is passing by under your feet. And then that thing goes. And it shoots out a massive spray of vapor and water. I don't know. Wow. I shat myself. I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? Wow. So, and everyone else was perfectly cool. I was running back to my golf cart. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm from, like, Miami. I don't, we don't have volcanoes or earthquakes. Freaky Ooh. situation. I'm the only one running back. Everybody's like, no, chill out, dude. It's just, that thing goes off every little while. You'll see it later when we get to, like, number, you know, 12 or 13. It'll go off again. It goes off several times during the day. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. Several years later. The place is now covered in freaking lava. Wow. So, see, aren't you glad you didn't go then? Mm, I still want to. It was go. still pretty <laughs> awesome. I still go. It was awesome. By the way, Guatemala, holy shit, what a place. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And it is a land of volcanoes. You're you, almost anywhere you go, you see volcanoes at every corner. So, pretty awesome. Uh, but I did, that's my, uh, I shat myself on a golf course <laughs> story. No, not, not the, that's a journalist. My question is, did you get all 18 drinks in? Oh, we did. Absolutely. We did, but it was a disastrous. By I mean, there was one guy for Southern who was a player, like a real golfer. And he was, the whole time, he would, he would go up to the drink, yeah, take a little sip and put it down. He never finished any of his drinks. Uh, the guy killed it. We, yeah. we were all dead. So what did you shoot that day? Oh, I don't <laughs> know. That, the, those numbers are... 308. Yeah, no, those numbers are not... They, they sound more like uh, bowling numbers <laughs> than... Than golf numbers. I rolled it. I shot a three hundred. <laughs> I didn't even. I, I I got three turkeys. It was crazy. I love. But it. it was an awesome trip. I love it. It sounds amazing, except for the volcano erupting part. Yeah. Ah, we got over it. We got. You'd be surprised what a little <laughs> what a little botrang rum does. Sure. Let's jump in the volcano <laughs> to the chopper. Well, the other thing was we we got to fly up to. You know how they always said in their ad campaigns that Sacapa was. I think they used to say something like distilled above the clouds. You remember that ad campaign? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it's true. Like it it is way 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 up there. Like the air is thin where where that stuff is uh, is distilled and aged. It's impressive. You do fly above the clouds to get to their distillery. So that that was a memorable trip. Mm. That's a once in a lifetime story. Yep, Good stuff. Yep. Good yep. stuff. All right, let's get back to our smoky treat. I have such a great ash still going on this yeah, thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. The, the the my labels off your labels off. I'm hanging tight. Well, I was talking for a little while. So, how how are we with your smoke, Ivan? The intensity is probably picked up a little bit now that I'm getting closer to the end. Um, but it still has a good amount of creaminess, and all the flavors are still there. So, doing well. Yeah, I think the the earth and and pepper have ticked up, right? But uh, I, I still get I still get the cocoa, I still get the molasses, um, but yeah. But now now it's accompanied by more 
earth and pepper than before. Yeah, and I think again, just going back where you guys were saying earlier, it's it's AJ construction. It's it's here we are more than halfway through and it's still kicking ass in a good way in terms yeah. of delivering the flavor, delivering, you know, the experience that you want. Yeah, and transitioning smoke. in a good way. Right? So we're still what do you have? Like uh an inch an inch and a half left? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And it's still cruising along. It's still not too hot. It's still pleasant. It doesn't hasn't taken on any any funky uh aromas that you don't want. So yeah. This will probably need a roach clip. Really, right? You're you're liking it that much? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you a pick for your birthday, or for Father's Day, or for your, or for whatever. It's, it's it's Tuesday. We'll get you a roach. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what a classy look. What? I like it. I like it. Solid gold though. Oh, so gangster. What? Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it's got to be a gangster for a gangster. Oh, this guy. Oh, the love fest here. What? Jesus Christ. What? Well, I'm gonna enjoy the smoky treat while you enjoy this. If you're like me and look forward to cozying up to a warm fireplace after a long day on the range, kicking off your boots and settling into a nice big bowl of chili con queso, then you'd love the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua. This Dominican-made Nicaraguan puro is a bold new blend with tons of flavor made with the same craftsmanship that has made La Aurora cigars one of the oldest and premium cigar makers in all the world. Started in the Dominican Republic in 1903, La Aurora Cigars was founded by the young Eduardo Leon Jimenez, who set out to fulfill his dream of making great cigars. Today, over a century later, La Aurora has a presence in five continents and more than a thousand employees. The original La Aurora 107 was released in 2010, commemorating the company's 107 years in business. Now the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua brings a bolder new profile to smokers who have become accustomed to smoking the consistent quality and excellence of La Aurora cigars. The 107 Nicaragua comes to life with a diverse array of spicy notes accompanied by a subtle touch of leather. A rich balance of earth, wood, and floral notes flourishes deeper into the smoke with a characteristic pinch of licorice and walnut on the finish. Made in four sizes, a 7x47 Churchill, 6x58 Grand Toro, 5.5x54 Toro, and a 5x50 Robusto, the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua is a perfect complement to any rum cocktail, steak dinner, or even my famous chili con queso. Go on out and get yourself one, and tell them Jasper sent you. Good times, as always, on the Cigar Snob Podcast. You know, podcast is like the most difficult word. That's what I learned today. This is our What Have I Learned Today segment. I've learned that I cannot say the word podcast because it comes out as podcast. Like I'm from Boston. Yeah, you always, whenever you say podcast, you always pause to make sure you're saying it right. I noticed that. Yeah. I always say podcast. Like the Cigar Snob podcast. (laughs) It's one of those, welcome to the Cigar Snob podcast. Podcast. You can say podcast. Podcast. I, the problem is I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Ah, ah right? yes. So that's what I learned today. Ivan, what did you, my amigo, learn today? Love the uh, the new Crooks rebrand. Uh, probably will be smoking this Epicure down to the nub. Uh, and I don't like the Flor de Caña 12. That's, uh, that's what I gathered. I don't like the idea of someone hitting a golf ball <laughs> off my crotch. That, I, I definitely learned that today. I don't like that. I don't. The thought of that makes me uncomfortable. 
Mm. But if he does it right, and Casey tells this great story, hey, rewind, listen to that story again. Mm. I think the you gotta be you gotta have the you only live once, man. Mm. I've only got one crotch. So you, so you know you got a limp. It's, it's got to be a one to one, really. I got to live once with my crotch, <laughs> so it's not me and my crotch. <laughs> Want to remind you that if you like the show, give us five stars, write a review. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Those great unboxings, the reveals that you do with Yami, Eric, are amazing. Thank you. Uh, always a good amount of new content uh, that you can get there and you can enjoy. So, my buddy Ivan, my buddy Eric, I'm Jim Rodriguez. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you next time on the Cigar Snob Podcast. <laughs> All right, there you guys. Go. Later, y'all. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcast. Until next time, hasta luego.